Wish you weren't afraid of the dark? Come a little closer. The fire will keep it at bay for a while. You may wish it were a brighter fire. You may wish it would last a little longer. But it's all that we've got, and we'll have to make do with it. We? We're the Midnight Society, and I'm Sam. I'm here to tell you that there are wishes, and then there are wishes. Don't understand? Well, did you ever hear the old saying, be careful what you wish for, it might come true? Well, if Glynis Behrens had paid attention to that advice, she might not have had such a scary time at the beach. But then we wouldn't have had a scary story to tell you. Glynis was literally not a happy camper. Think of a summer vacation on an island beach. Swimming, hiking, finding seashells, meeting new people. This all might sound great to you, but because Glynis had to share it with her new stepbrother, she thought that anything in the world would be better. She was wrong. Things could be a lot worse. So pull up a stone, take your shoes off, and stick your bare feet in the warm sand near the fire. Imagine you're at the beach, but be careful what you pick up. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story, The Tale of the Shimmering Shell. Good evening, all you land dwellers. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. I'm Bob. I'm Adam. Hey, I'm Vince. And this is episode number 212. It's Podtober. We're talking Are You Afraid of the Dark? Book number 12, The Tale of the Shimmering Shell. Yeah. Welcome back to Book Club, everybody. Bob, uh, Bob, welcome for the first time, right? Yep, this is my first time. Thank you for having me. I hope I, uh, (laughs) I hope I don't get the point. Uh, Shimmering Shells, a selection. We've previously done uh, the tale of the sinister statues and the tale of what was the first one, Andrew? The Restless House, I believe. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Restless House. (laughs) Throwback. Uh, The Shimmering Shell is, as Andrew said, the 12th entry uh, in the Are You Afraid of the Dark series. It was published March 1st, 1997. Comes in, you know, it says it's 128 pages. I think the actual reading of it is only about 115, something like that. Yeah. And it's a, they put a lot of space in the chapter number section. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um... before we before we get into um, the tale of the shimmering shell, we for guest Vince, I believe you're on the record. Adam, I don't know if I asked you last year, so if I didn't, uh, feel free to jump in here. Uh, and Bob, of course, um, candy corn. Everyone's talking about. Do you guys like? It? It's a thumbs up for me. There is there is like as addicting as uh, Pringles, honestly. I, oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that that should be Candy Corn's new tagline, as addicting as as addicting 
thing as Pringles, These, honestly. How can you not sell seasonal Pringles? I mean, like, give me pumpkin. Adam, Pringles. did you drink the salt water from this book? What are you talking about? <laughs> you mean like brackish water that's found on the James River in Williamsburg? <laughs> um, Bob, what do you think on candy corn? Um, I am a <laughs> trying to think of a good way to put this. I used to eat it like, you know, like, like I said, by the bucket full, I would sit in front of the TV and just handful after handful, eat it. Oh, and then one day I just, I don't, I, I'm guessing what happened is I got sick. I don't remember getting sick. <laughs> that had to have been what happened because then I didn't eat it again for like two decades. And I was walking through, and I also want to shout out, I think it was Jocelyn last week who mentioned Giant yeah. Eagle. That's also <laughs> where I do my grocery shopping. I was wow. walking through a Giant Eagle like <laughs> like two decades later, and I saw it in a bag, and I just went, ugh. <laughs> that's been, that's been my attitude response. ever since. Yeah. Oh, man, so you're a convert. <laughs> Yeah, like, he just went the wrong just way. Like, That's like all. Reverse convert, yeah. But <laughs> it's like birthday cake. Like birthday cake is just—it's too sweet, you know. It's just mm. like too like syrupy or something, and Bob, I just can't do it me. anymore. Bob, you've lost <laughs> me. You don't like cake. <laughs> I, I think it would be too sweet if Not you had it like twelve cake. months of the year. One month of the year, you're like, hey, this is perfect. Bob, now, if, you're, if you're shopping at Giant Eagle. I mean, you got access to real good cakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But um, not birthday cake, Joey. I don't <laughs> ice cream what, cake. Well, yeah, ice what about a cake. like? What about a DQ ice cream cake? Oh, yes. Hell yes. All day oh, long. Okay. I can okay. eat it. I can eat it. Is everyone thing. in favor of ice cream cake? Because I might be on the opposite of that one. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. It's too much of a mess. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the best oh. part. I like <laughs> lick the the, I'm like licking the plate. <laughs> yeah, ice cream cake uh, is a winner all day, every day right. of the year. You know, since it's spooky season, don't forget pumpkin spice. Like you know, I'm a pumpkin guy. Here. Yeah. Speaking of Andrew, you mentioned um, pumpkin roll. I could eat a dozen of those yeah. a day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. They're so good. So good. Oh yeah. <laughs> pumpkin roll, vanilla ice cream cake. I'll, I'll accept that. Right, mm. Side by side. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, for thank, sure. thank, thank you for answering my candy corn question. This segment was brought to you by Giant Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start. I think with the most essential thing, which is the cover art. Let's. Uh, what, what sure. do you guys think here? It really beckons you to just take it off the shelf. Let me tell you, it's like it, it's instructive, is what it is. The giant wave grabbing the shell. I didn't even see the shell until right now. <laughs> it's the it's the clip art image in the bottom right. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I, I do not have a glow in the dark version, which I'm very upset about. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, nobody, nobody here had a glow in the dark. No, mine does. Really? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> And it does too. Uh, there were, while I was reading this, it was really only one night because I only read it read it in like one sitting because it was fantastic. But I had it on my nightstand, and I got up in the middle of the night, and there it was. I was like, it does glow. Uh, is it like the title or? No. It well, 
hold on, let me turn. I don't remember now. I just remember the, sure. the big wave guy, really. <laughs> yeah, I think the title does a little bit, but it's mostly, you know, the wave with his, mm-hmm. his I fingers. guess that's a hand. Kind of looks like a mustache. Oh, I can't see that. <laughs> how much, how much, Bob, did you drop like, did you drop extra or did you get it used? Oh, it's definitely used. Um, I can actually. Brand new. I saw it like on a Monday for like $7 and something was happening with, I think it was Amazon. It wouldn't let me buy it. And I went back like two days later and it was like 11 bucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> so real collector's item here. Yeah. Skyrocketing yeah. in price. As always, I think we temporarily drive up the prices for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah author uh david david cody weiss and uh <laughs> bobby weiss is that it yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it bobby jj yeah. jg can i can i ask a quick question is there in your versions um like a little note from the author like about themselves uh, in the, yeah, yeah. the bio yeah. on the last page yeah. yeah 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 i just wanted to point out and maybe i mean are we going to talk about this, or should I just <laughs> do this now? Oh, I think I think we could talk about it. No, Andrew. Sure. Okay, I just not a big deal. It's just I think it's funny that he says because you know they write in whatever person it is they're writing like about themselves, like someone else is, and he says when he acquired a wife, <laughs> I found that <laughs> off-putting. To, before I even started the first chapter, so um, I mean, I, I figured it was in jest, but I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I, I'm just being a <laughs> idiot. Uh, the these about the author sections are kind of funny, though. I mean, one of the best parts of the whole reading best part of the book, <laughs> right there, is that page. Well, that is the best part. Uh, yeah, for people out there, uh, you know. If you, if you read, uh, this should be fun. If not, we're going to try to break it down for you. Um, before we get into it, you know, not, not saying whether you liked it or not, honestly, but mm-hmm. um, everybody here read um, Sinister Statues last year. Uh, Bob, I'm, you weren't on it. I'm not sure if you read it. Um, I didn't. But how, 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 would, you, how <laughs> would the people who uh, read um, Sinister Statues compare the reading experience? Like... I guess what I'm getting at is without saying whether I like this or not, I thought this was actually written in an easier style to read. Hmm. I thought it was like the writing was better. Yeah. Well, it's a different author too. Yeah. Yeah. And and I definitely agree with that. The perspective I recall in Sinister Statues was kind of all over the place, jumped around a lot. (laughs) This one's very consistent and I I had a better time than the Sinister Statues. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, this one I kind of blew through. Um, you know, yeah, it was definitely written better. Was that a weather pun? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's a storm coming, I'll tell you that. Um, sure. Let me, brewing, brewing. let me tell you, this cover art right here is a goosebump ripoff. Because they went from the screaming faces on all these books to actual artwork. Yeah. So they're trying to get they're trying to get their audience. I didn't read the other books, but if I had to compare it to something, I mean, maybe Beloved by Toni Morrison or maybe Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> sure, yeah. 
Yeah. Very similar in quality. Okay. okay. It's definitely a pride Maybe. and prejudice. It's up there. <laughs> There's um, I, there is definitely a tortured uh character. I was gonna call her a protagonist, but I don't I mean sometimes she's an antagonist. Uh, <laughs> There's sure. a lot of things. Yeah, this this main character is really interesting. And and I think uh again without saying too much for those who haven't read the Are You Afraid of the Dark books, they really don't read anything like the style or the tone of the episodes. They are yeah. they are definitely young adult fiction that uh, is not worried about like <laughs> staying true to DJ McHale's vision or what whatever you <laughs> might say. Yeah, yeah. These yeah, uh, sure. uh, these authors as well. They. Uh, it, it, I went to their websites. I actually reached, managed to reach out and contact them. Oh. which we can get into that later in the episode but uh they they were for all manner of like you know children's cartoon book adaptations like regardless of channel like you know they were for sabrina books uh, dexter's lab books you know from so they, they had no real bound yeah their talent knows no bounds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what uh i did notice one interesting book they did together was the Jingle All the Way movie tie-in book. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Really? That's a, that's an amazing street cred. It really is. Oh, yeah. You've been open such a can of worms now. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, man. Like Return of Turbo Man? What, what do we got here? Uh, <laughs> did you guys see the parallels? Yeah, yeah. Ah, put that cookie down! <laughs> I, I am a huge Jingle All the Way fan, so that really has me intrigued yeah it's incredible that there even is a book based on it but yeah it didn't seem like it did that well um andrew do you want to kind of start getting into it tell the people what shimmering shell is all about uh yeah let's do it um well do you want to talk about the uh storyteller intro first um or the prologue uh we've already heard it um but uh, Sam introduces us to the characters and the summer vacation and whatever. Um, and of course, like many characters from Are You Afraid of the Dark and the other and other, other spooky franchises, Glennis is about to test the age old warning. Be careful what you wish for might come true. Um, I just wanted to. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess I'll mention it now that like I, this is just such a bizarre intro that doesn't like go along with the book at all i mean be careful what you wish for really has nothing to do with anything yeah yeah, that (laughs) that motif threw me off so hard in like the first couple chapters because i kept waiting for the uh it's a wonderful life kind of parallel story to kick in Mm, yeah 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 i was was waiting for wishes to be granted which when they weren't i said oh Okay, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was getting like twisted claw vibes. Like, is she going to be wishing stuff? And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Me for a loop. It's it's almost yeah. Good. It's easy to forgive the Midnight Society on the show because, you, like, I guess in retrospect, you know now that the kids had no idea what story they were actually talking about. They were just doing mm-hmm. these like quick segments, and so if thematically they didn't totally match, I think there's some forgiveness, but. I mean, you're writing this freaking book. Like, how can you not? <laughs> how can you not match the Midnight Society segments to what you're actually writing about? <laughs> yeah, Probably, so I weird. think because they figure young readers are 
too stupid to remember. Like they're not gonna. I could just completely go off on a tangent. They're not gonna remember what I wrote in the beginning. I certainly wouldn't have if I was a kid reading. Yeah, it. yeah, that's true. That's true. But we do because we're that type of people. Yeah, we're <laughs> right. We're, we're we're five grown men talking about are you afraid of dark books? <laughs> well, Glennis Barons has been charged with looking after her new stepbrother Todd, a boy from the city who's fascinated by the natural world. But she resents everything about her new family dynamic. Climbing up a nearby hill, she spots a gnarled lightning crack tree, a creepy local lady who always sits alone on her porch, staring at the sea, and Todd laying face down in a puddle. And that's the uh, cliffhanger of chapter one. Yeah, um, she she hates everything. I mean, this girl sure. is angry at the world. Yeah. She likes... Uh... Damn it! I don't remember the the <laughs> not knitting. What's the little thing she does? Like Wait. basket weaving or something? Yeah, she makes like yeah, yeah. tablecloths. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she stands in judgment of others. She basket <laughs> <True>. weaves. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. We uh. It's a, the intro to her angst kicking off here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. This uh first chapter really it's like once again does that same thing that the other two books did which is like throw so much information at you in that first couple pages it's like it's just kind of overload you know like you could stretch these details out a little bit you know especially considering the fact that you have to wait like 68 pages before anything else happens <laughs> and before there's like any other developments yeah yeah so. yeah <laughs> she, yeah maybe it's too early to say this but she's a horrible character so We'll expand yeah. on that, but she's horrible. I'm not saying I'm anti this book necessarily. Is anybody here very pro? I had a pretty good time with it comparing for what it was. This you is know. Adam talk. Yeah, yeah. For for the listeners, this is Adam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello, my name is Adam. I I read fantasy books. Okay, so is before before we like pound on it too much, like what what's some of what's some of the stuff you liked as far as how it kind of starts out? Uh versus the previous <laughs> So a lot of my comparisons are going to be drawn to uh, the the statue book that we read last time because sure. I felt the characters in that one weren't super defined. They traded roles mm -hmm. a lot. Their arc wasn't really complete. Yes, uh, Glynis isn't super likable for most of this book and probably too much of it. But <laughs> it's to it's so that the arc is drawn so that she can recover from that like a in a Bill Murray Groundhog Day way. <laughs> yeah. I'm way out of my league in discussing things like this uh, compared to what Adam just said. I just had a gut feeling that I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Having not read the other two, I don't really know um, what the experience should be, but I enjoyed it. Okay. So right. Bob, Bob and Adam are like pro shimmering shell here, at least at least a little bit. Vince, yeah. you sound pretty like uh, like you hated this book. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'd rather eat candy corn than read this book again. How dare you! Oh, so um, you would, we would love to horrible. read this book again, <laughs> folks. This is Vince's last time on the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, and Andrew, are you are you gonna try to keep, keep play it close to the best yeah, here? Um, I'll up. I I'm really on the fence with it. I mean, I didn't hate it i didn't love it 
you know, I, there's things I liked about it, things I didn't like. So I'm pretty much in the middle. That's about where I am. I think that's a better description of my feelings. Yeah. Um, well, uh, going into chapter two, uh, as Glynis runs down the hill to help Todd, she slips and falls, breaking the watch she made out of straw. Um, (laughs) (laughs) snapping at her stepbrother she runs up to strike's peak and spots a strange object buried inside the gnarled tree Um, i thought that was cool yeah the 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 whole tree is tree yeah yeah Yeah. okay it's it's good dueling imagery really (laughs) you know i'm not gonna okay i'm not gonna get i'm gonna get my high horse for a little bit here (laughs) (laughs) uh no i thought i thought the shell in the tree was effective imagery I think I think uh, part of my problem kept being like they tease something that was really intriguing. The old lady on her porch, mm-hmm. the shell in the yeah. tree, um, and if I just, in my opinion, like none of the payoffs were I think as grand as what I was imagining in my head, which mm-hmm. is not totally the book's fault, but um, I think it was so like the first few chapters I thought were really effective. I, I remember when I was through the first few chapters i talked to you andrew i'm like i think this book is going to be great or not great but like it's going to be a lot better than <laughs> yeah. what we had read um and i think then as i kept reading i realized like oh this isn't going to pay off the way i thought so <laughs> um yeah i um, just just kind of mixed feelings yeah. can i ask a question yeah yeah was anyone unsure of whether what's the old lady what's her name uh, elsina oh. Elcina, I believe it's Alcina. It's Greek. no Alcina. Excuse me. I'm just gonna call her Al. <laughs> um, was there any like debate in your head? Did you know she was? Well, I don't want to give it away. Did you think she was gonna be good or bad when you oh. first read her? Bad appearance. Mm. Oh, I thought good. Yeah, I yeah. saw a good protector figure pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, me too. I, yeah. I, I think, I mean, might have, part of it might have been that um, uh, Glynis at the beginning saw two different shiny objects. And like, I feel like one was described a little bit more sinisterly and the other one was described as like a little more, um, you know, good. Gotcha. Um, I did want to mention in this chapter, though, what kind of drove me nuts is these like uh tangents about and and i get it like it's a kid's book but about um like in this one colonial williamsburg i think it was or something like that (laughs) Um, there's a lot of info drops yes yes uh it's just a little much feels like you know again like for kids maybe they think well these kids should learn about this stuff or something but it's like very loosely related to the rest of the story. It's like, right. I mean, I learned a lot about shells. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I know so many more shells than when I first started. Mm. <laughs> sure. You, uh, Adam just ran right onto Amazon and was like, bought a bucket of shells. Uh, I read a couple of chapters of this book uh, when I was in uh, Stone Harbor, New Jersey, sitting Ooh. on the beach. And oh, I'm like, wow. oh, I, I'm the lord of this beach now. I, I know so much. <laughs> so you were really living it. You were like, like yeah. I was. Yeah, no, I, I had a. What's the thing that uh, Daniel Day Lewis does? Uh, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, you were in character. Yeah, I was fully in character. <laughs> Everybody in your family is like, "What the hell's wrong with Adam?" <laughs> He's like talking about a kid named Todd and like angry. Um. Okay. Wait. So we know very little. So tell us a little more, Andrew. Um. Yeah. Uh. So at, at dinner later, Glennis's dad, Michael, and her new stepmom, Jay, listen to Todd tell them everything he knows about shells. But Glennis gets so upset about her stepbrother getting all the attention that she storms off to her room. Uh, they gave him her box, yeah. like her special box that she kept. Yes. Stuff in. Sorry. Yes. I didn't want to call. Step yeah. on your toes. No. No. Um. Yeah. Her boot box. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Another, like, Glynis tantrum um, over nothing. Um, so that night, she has a dream in which the beach itself speaks to her in the form of a giant watery creature. But when Todd comes to save her, she accidentally feeds him to the waves. And she wakes up soaked. <laughs> I was going to say, this happens at the end of uh, chapter four. And uh, it, in this vision, this this creature, you know, she's a couple times is voiced like throughout this this book, like, oh man, this sucks. I wish I was all alone. I wish I was all alone. And then he's yeah, yeah. In, in the vision, he says, "Granted." And then, <laughs> but then in the next book, in the next few chapters, like nothing changed. Yes, <laughs> yes. Every time she wished, I was waiting for the whole world to be different. Like the next chapter, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the, uh, I mean, because same so thing weird. for me. Uh, does that say something about us that like our brains are trained to be like everyone's got to disappear? When is everyone going to disappear? <laughs> it's like I, yeah, maybe we've seen too many uh, it's a wonderful life parodies in our in our time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I'm almost starting to think that like somebody after the book was written was like, you got to have a hook to this thing, and they decided it's going to be be careful what you wish for, and then they had to like throw in a couple wishing moments in there. Just to make it make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah they, they really hammer out. Or maybe they're going for like a wishy-washy theme. Mm, that they were. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> um, so the next morning, with their parents out boating, Glynis takes a walk down the beach and finds Todd talking to the creepy old lady who always sits on her deck. The woman, Alchina, shows the kids a... You mean, you mean Al? Al. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she shows them this book that she supposedly created about shells but when Glitta sees the date it was written 1805 she gets freaked out and throws herself off the deck <laughs> good <laughs> yeah. how, uh, how would you react moment. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way you wrote this and then just wand dive off of the deck yeah <laughs> Wow, I would throw myself. No! But <laughs> each their own. <laughs> yeah, she like physically embodies just being done with this. Yeah, um, there's so many chapters that end in like a physical, like, <laughs> oh no, moment. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, I, I will say this is pretty irresponsible of, of her parents. Uh, yeah, how she's like what. I think 10 and 12 are, are the ages of the kids. <laughs> and they just leave them on this vacation island alone. Yeah. All day. Like, yeah, we're just, we'll see you later. <laughs> well, this is, um, this is extended family from the pickles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Mm. Um, 
So Glennis runs sobbing up to the up to the top of Strike's Peak, and she realizes <laughs> she realizes the object buried in the tree is a large conch shell. She cuts her hands dig hands up digging it out, and as it comes loose, the tree is struck by a bolt of lightning, seemingly. And I guess we don't know exactly what happened there, but. um it's like another one of these moments though of you are left thinking or is she dead now i mean i knew she wasn't but i knew that's what i was supposed to be thinking is this what triggers her waking up and no one being there (laughs) yes yes (laughs) you would think like what is it gonna be Mm -hmm. um you're right about that conch buried in the tree, though. It is kind of a cool uh, uh, image. It reminded me of when, like, trees grow around, like, power lines. Mm, yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, but, and bicycles and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Very bizarre. Yeah, I think they did a lot of... Uh, they have a lot of stuff that's cool like that in here. Um, mm-hmm. It just doesn't all, I feel like, totally pay off. But I enjoyed the pros. I'll say, yeah, I'll say that, yeah. too. Yeah. When you learn why the conch is in the tree, though, it's a, it feels a little like, oh, really? Like, that's same like same oh, thing. Oh, wait, like, really? I think like not you not mean... not not the initial reason as to like. Uh, it's hard you mean to like explain the physical... without spoiling. You mean the fi- well, okay, okay. Well, the well, fact well. that it's even above ground is absurd. Oh, I, okay. I kind of like this, I think, but uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, so running home, Glynis stuffs the shell under her pillow as it whispers her name. When the rest of the family gets home, she learns that she's going to be stuck with Todd the whole next day while their parents are on a tour of the state capitol building. <laughs> Later, she... <laughs> what the hell? Like, they went to... <laughs> <laughs> they went to an island and then like they're taking a ferry to the state capital yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i this... hate living with them too i would hate this family also if i was her. i mean i can't fault her there why are you keeping an inanimate object that is speaking to you <laughs> All right. not telling yeah. anyone about this uh, uh that said this might just be what her parents told her <laughs> like oh yeah we're going to the state capital we'll see you <laughs> See you later. Yeah, I guess. Adam, Adam, that is not her mom. Yeah, oh. stepmom. Apologies. Yeah, God. Can we can we also talk about the fact that the author doesn't refer to it as dad? But like, it's it was a little jarring to me that the author refers to the mom and dad characters by their first names. Michael Barron. Uh, Michael Barron. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like that's that's a weird writing choice to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that true. Was a little strange. I think it would make sense if Michael was always called Dad, but then the stepmom was always called Jay. Like, you know, you can kind of see why Glennis uh, might do that. But yes, yeah, 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 that would make sense. Um, yeah, it's all of a sudden I'm starting to think maybe Glennis was right this whole time <laughs> to be so upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, Glennis describes her relationship with her father and like, in more than any like like teen like should have. Yeah, is what yeah. it sounds like. Like yes, yeah, seriously. Like she's, like, she's taking on <laughs> cooks meals for him. Yeah, she's like really running his whole life, or like all, that whole side of his life. But I think that's um, what she loves. Like it's the only thing she yeah. has is to take care of her oh, dad. Absolutely. And I, yes. I, I feel like this wasn't a story that was personal to me, but uh, 
I'm sure a lot of kids reading this type of story have these emotions in a new family dynamic. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Agreed. It so, just it sounds like she was taking on a little bit much though. I mean, come oh on. yeah. For 12, absolutely. I Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the parents are off to see the state capitol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, she snaps at Todd again and uh her dad reprimands her and she feels just more alone than ever. Um, one thing that's, that's worth mentioning that what she does when she's alone is she repairs her, her watch band using yeah. uh, using plating yes nice <laughs> remember um, that for later kids plating I do think that that's a fine story choice that she has this thing that like grounds her I think that's cool um, you know uh, the again that the whole colonial Williamsburg like uh, digression was could have been spread out a little have you guys Um, ever been to williamsburg no (laughs) no No. but if i was i would not stop talking about it so i i I get it (laughs) oh it's cool first english colony jamestown settled 1607 by a hundred englishmen looking for gold but finding the truth in tobacco driven (laughs) driven to being (laughs) driven to cannibalism this is, Have you been holding is... on to that brochure from there since you visited? <laughs> Listen, Jamestown is fascinating, and I actually applaud the author for wedging their in- own interests into this into this ch- children's novel. That was your favorite part. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, give me all the info dumps. This is infinitely more interesting than Glynis outing. Uh... Um, well, late that night, Glynis wakes to find the conch glowing at the end of her bed. Hissing, it beckons her to the water's edge, where the beach creature from her dream reveals itself. Before she can enter the water, Todd runs out to stop her, but the creature sweeps him out to sea. Oh, boy. I was pretty worried for Todd here. <laughs> <laughs> like, what yeah, I mean, Todd, Todd is a nice character. Like, it seems like, you know, we... we probably are cheering for todd mm-hmm. yeah 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 he's the, yeah. he's the little brother that gets like none of the the deserves that he deserves <laughs> yeah i realize now that i was pretty emotionless when it came to the characters <laughs> i, I, I kind of just was like get to the point you know not the yeah, point yeah. but like what is the you know what is the yes. the evil that's lurking? Like, what has to happen here for this to resolve? I guess. Yes. Like, what exactly is the uh, like what thing? What that's has going to happen here for this book to be over? Yeah. <laughs> I was dancing around that. I didn't want it to sound like that's what I was saying. But like, you know, the 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 trouble, the issue. Like, what is going on? Yes. I, yeah. No, it's absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, re- reading a book, there's there's like the two versions of it. It's like on one on one side, it's like oh, what's going to happen next can be a compelling thing that brings you through a mystery. But when it's a little when it falls flat, it just becomes like you know yeah. annoying. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, when Glynis wakes the next morning, the house is empty. With Todd missing, she races out into an oncoming storm and over to Elchina's place. But she finds the old woman lying at the bottom of a fish tank. And when she tries to run, the gusting winds force her into the doorframe where she passes out again. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of this imagery of the Alcina in a tank? Uh, that was cool. Uh, again, very intrigued. 
Yeah. Again, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Vince, use your imagination, man. Oh, oh I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I just can't. Um, Glynis wakes Alcina kneeling to Alcina kneeling over her. When the old woman sees the conch shell, she tells Glynis of its origins. A long time ago, when the struggle between the gods of the sea and land threatened the earth, Triton, king of the merfolk, trapped the sea god Typhon inside the conch. One of the merfolk volunteered to move on land and watch after the conch so that Typhon could not escape. And that person. Wait, you're going was so fast. I mean, this. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Um... I was just trying to. Why? <laughs> because you know. this is like really the crux of everything. So. Sort of. I I really want to make sure people catch it. Hmm. Okay, you want me to start over here? Yeah, and imagine yes, ima- chapter one. And, and, and imagine I'm playing like really epic music. Sure. Okay. 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 Ready? When the old woman sees the conch shell, she tells Glynis of its origins. A long time ago, when the struggle between the gods of the sea and land threatened the earth, Triton king of the merfolk trapped the sea god Typhon inside the conch. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I might have skipped these pages. <laughs> this, it happen, this happens quick. You Are know? you being serious? Uh, no, I, sort of. I don't remember merfolk. I don't remember reading that word. Uh, I feel like I would have. Every one of those fancy nouns has its own paragraph to describe what it is. <laughs> Wait, are these the sea people? Is this Beach yes, Blanket Babies times two? Like, this oh. is a sequel, right? <laughs> yeah, was Alcina yeah. once Chucky's pet? <laughs> yeah, she was a sea monkey. That would have been yeah, maybe more interesting. Um, one of the merfolk volunteered to move on land and watch after the conch so that Typhon could not escape, and that person was Alcina. After years, the conch rode the seed that sprouted the gnarled oak up to the surface and used Glynis's anger toward her family to help it escape. Just when Glynis remembers she came there to find Todd, he shows up in the doorway. Um, I, I love this, uh, how the conch got in the tree. <laughs> the tree grew up through the ocean? Uh, no, like up uh, through... Yeah, the shell was, the conch was on land to keep it away from the ocean. It can't touch the water. And slowly a seed was growing and Typhon, I guess, like flipped the conch on top of the seed. <laughs> and so it grew a, a, an oak tree and the shell was in the tree. Is how I understand it. Yeah, yeah basically. In the okay. same way that we described earlier about how, like, you know, trees grow for fences and bikes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool. I mean, whatever. Unlikely? Sure. Um... It was a cool, again, it, something that was, uh, yeah, I don't know, like made the book more. Man, I'm in the minority on this one. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, as a as a fancy reader and a fancy writer, if the book was handed to me at this stage, like like right up to this chapter before this chapter happened, I would probably answer in the exact same way. <laughs> it's like, all right, what's, what fun stuff do I want to do? All right, oceans, gods, yeah, yeah, sea people. Like, let's just dig into it already. Yeah. Um, you don't like this show, though. I don't like it. Yeah, this whole um, uh, seed tree thing or seed seed uh, conch thing, like the showdown, <laughs> like the wave versus the people. No, the way the conch 
grew up into the tree. Oh no, that's so stupid! Like it, like um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it just like scientifically makes no sense. Uh, what do you mean? It's such it's a stretch. A- it's a stretch of the imagination, even for me. Uh, it's, more it's... than the rest of this stuff? Scientifically, this god shell should be moving like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh I get that it's a weird <laughs> I get that it's a weird thing to get hung up on. Uh, you you kind of just glossed over the Mer woman. I can... <laughs> but this is an issue. I can forgive the merfolk, and I can uh I can, because of the cover of the book. I can forgive uh, <laughs> uh, the talking wave, but <laughs> oh, boy. sorry, uh, <laughs> the Earth only works in one way, folks. Uh, it, yeah, this shell just would not grow into the tree. Okay, okay, question here. So I'm having trouble now. When she sees the shell, is it? in a full grown tree like the tree is fully grown it has you know leaves and everything and it's just yes. in the tree mm-hmm. yeah. yeah see yeah. i'm uh it's stupid you can agree it's it would make more thinking... sense if the, it would make more sense if the shell was placed there after the tree was most of the way there but going to right. seed assumed happened yeah, yeah. yeah i thought like a lightning bolt bolt hit the tree it snapped off and in the tree trunk that was left was the shell. Hmm. But how does a how does a seed like <laughs> let's, so, so let's say a, this is this is too stupid to pursue. Um, oh my god! It, it's it was in a cave. Right? Had there had there been a drawing on the cover, it would make sense. <laughs> I mean, the implication yeah. here is that a seed grew and lifted the shell with it. Yes. Yeah. Like I mean, this would have to be it. the lightest shell ever, which it seemingly isn't. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would have. It would have crushed the seed. <laughs> or I guess it was a seed in a real, really, really long time. <laughs> oh boy. No, no. That's All what right. I thought. The tree was pushed up. From the ocean by the wave man. I'm not going to defend the, the sea much longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does the wave is the, does the wave have a name? Because so the wave is. Can we restate this, Andrew? So it's really clear for people. The wave wants what? The wave wants the shell, because its power is like stored in there, or it's trapped in it. I guess Typhon's supposed to be trapped inside the shell. But yes, that's a, as I understood it. And if he's, he's and if like he's released, sort of acting outside of it. And if he's released from the shell, then he actually stands a chance to like overcome the Mer Lady, and like the sea people can overtake land. Oh. and it, it would be like a sea world. <laughs> yeah, not even that. Not no, even that. I don't think. Like no. he, it sounds like he wants to kill all the sea people, like destroy the sea people. And Typhon's he, goals. I think Joey got it right. It wants to raise the, all the water levels and Earth to be just, you know, a sea land. Yeah, his, uh, well, well his, ven- was... his vengeance is with the land people. <laughs> that, okay, he has a second that? vengeance with the merfolk. Uh, yeah, the for other, sure. The other reason I'm questioning is that this is because what you're saying would make sense. Uh, and I was very confused by the wording of it, where it sounds like 
Alchina is like in danger of being destroyed along with the rest of the merfolk in mm-hmm. the past. Uh, like Typhon's going to destroy them. I mean, she's the last of her kind, isn't she? Kind of. Now it seems like she might be. So what's she even defending? <laughs> uh, Which is why, yeah, she's protecting the shell from getting into the ocean on yeah. an island because that that because that would allow him then to like wipe out everything. The, I guess yeah, everything, the whole <laughs> kit caboodle. Yeah. So Glennis here stands between absolute annihilation. Yeah, or not. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the state capitol building. <laughs> yes. Um well using Todd as a vessel, Typhon confronts Glennis and Alcina to return his shell, but Alcina holds him off with the power of her amulet. Luckily. Uh Glennis tries to smash the shell on the floorboards, but it just bounces off. So she decides to try smashing it again against a stone, but when she touches it, everything goes black. Yeah, <laughs> she smashed it against her head. Like, what did she do? <laughs> so, so what I, I want to say is that I really like the. This is what I kind of want from an Are You Afraid of the Dark book? Things that you couldn't do in the show as well. <laughs> uh, so the the Todd thing, as it's described, Typhon having like taken over Todd's body, and you could imagine yeah. him as like like being drowned and washed up and kind of really like water encircling him. Meanwhile, yeah. uh, Alcina's shooting lasers at him and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Looks way better on page than, than it would ever look on the show. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I uh, was kind of thrown off by just like this moment of her, like she can pick up the shell to throw it at the ground. Why? When she picked it up the second time, was it powered by Typhon? Because the... <laughs> very good. good question. <laughs> yeah, no. I believe Joey gave the answer before. It's stupid. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> that was about saying, that but... was about the seed. Um, I yeah, you know, I'm rereading some of the pages here, and um. What was your question, Andrew? <laughs> 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 Book report. If I had to come up with an answer, I would say it has to do with Typhon's focus. That's what yeah, Hell's powers get to later on. He's really focused on uh, puppeting Todd right now. And then, yeah. what, so then, second go round, she grabs the shell. He's like, "All right, I'm going to focus on puppeting you." Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I guess that makes enough sense. Um, so have you mentioned she's trying to destroy the shell, right? Yes. Um, can I read a little excerpt here to give sure, people a taste sure. of the book? Oh, yeah. Okay. Glennis had failed to destroy the shell, but at least her actions bought Al China time to renew her attack. The merwoman hurled her magic at the storm thing, holding him back. Barely. Old weed face doesn't have me to pull strength from anymore, Glennis thought grimly. But there's got to be something I can do. I've got to make him pay for what he did to Todd. An unexpected vision of Todd leapt into Glennis's mind. She imagined him, imagined him smiling at her and yelling, Kick his soggy butt, Glenny. You bet I will, Todd. With that positive thought, the golden glow of hope filled her heart. 
The last grainy strand of despair <laughs> snapped. As if feeling yeah. Glynis's freedom, Alcina shouted, Typhon is tied to the shell, child. Bind him to it. Destroy the shell and he will be banished forever. The merwoman <laughs> threw a green bolt that sent Typhoin reeling. Hurry! So there's a little... Hey. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Finish him! <laughs> I wasn't expecting the green lightning bolt. That's for sure. So like Alcina, Alcina's got a lot of stuff up her sleeve. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, that's, that mostly sounded good. It's uh, like know. me doing it or the book. Uh, the book. <laughs> <laughs> but you did a good job too. Oh, thank you. Good work. <laughs> yeah. It's very like kind of in my head, if they made a movie, it feels very like Harry Potter facing down Voldemort type stuff. Like oh, very yeah. like stormy and um, very yeah. a wizard fight at the end of Order of Phoenix. Kind of. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 They're throwing spells and like magic stuff back and forth and back and forth. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love that stuff in just general <laughs> fiction. <laughs> so, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I think um, I think we're long past this part, um, but there was one. Since you're comparing this to like, we're not comparing, but like, kind of like saying what these like what movies this might seem yeah. like it could be in. There's a line where I get Typhon says, "Of course it's a dream, little one, but are you dreaming of me or am I dreaming of you?" And that made me think of uh, Twin Peaks: The Return because I know that. Uh, What's his face? Whoever David Lynch's, what's David Lynch's character's name? He says something along those lines. Yeah. And that yeah. made me think of that. And that was pretty early on. That was like 30 pages in. And I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. And then like yeah. a couple pages kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a great line for, of this book, for this book. Um, that was like, that did uh, get me feeling like, yeah, this is going to about to like bust open. Um well, as the old merwoman keeps the monster at bay with her mer powers, Glynis weaves the energy connecting her and the monster around the shell while Todd blasts it with flares. <laughs> Finally, the, <laughs> the shell is destroyed and the monster recedes back into the depths as Glynis faints. Supposedly for the first time here. Yeah, that's I want to point out that line because that line made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Chapter twelve ends with, uh, and for the first time in her life, Glennis Barron's fainted, which is such a. Every chapter has ended with her fainting. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like jeez, like, I don't know what kind of like editors like you know joke slipped in here, but that's yeah, <laughs> very bizarre. Um, and this whole like ending is uh, weird. Like the weaving of, I'm not even sure what she's weaving exactly. Like, yeah, she gets this like this second sight type thing where she sees uh, the connection that she has to the conch. All these like (laughs) how it's been sapping her of her emotions and like (laughs) her her anger at her family. It heightened that and connected with her. And then she's like, "Wait a second, these are strings. Strings like the ones I braid. Let me." And I can be the puppet master too, and she weaves them together using her weaving skills to, to turn the tide of the of the fight. It's really it. It, it, it comes full circle. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, these flare these flares are kind of a bogus thing. I feel like um, 
I mean, they should use them like when they were invented, like you know. <laughs> Wait, are you actually use fire to destroy the shell? Why am I? Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I do appreciate that they like mentioned the flares earlier, at least, so there's like some precedence for their existence. But um, it just seemed like at this point she's got this shell taken care of. Like, what are these flares adding to the? <laughs> did uh, did anybody get Moana or Little Mermaid vibes from this ending? Mm. Am I the only one? <laughs> I've never seen Moana, but Moana has like a very similar like. There's a heart, I like that she has to destroy. I'm not uh. gonna spoil. It. I'm not gonna spoil it, but <laughs> whoever's out there listening, you know, you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the, uh, the fantasy that that came to my mind was uh, the, the magic system of the Wheel of Time series. Is it's a lot of weaving described this way, but also yeah. uh, Avatar: Last Airbender, water bending. A lot of yeah. a lot of these types of things when it comes to that. Yeah, good call. So, and she learned um, the stuff at Williamsburg, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. You, you yep. better believe it. Pay yeah. attention in your field trips, kids. There's so many <laughs> lessons. There's so many lessons to be learned from Colonial sure, Williamsburg, sure. including uh, to avoid brackish water, which is salt water mixed with river water, which can actually lead to salt water poisoning. Yeah. Good. Good. Good tip. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Glennis and Todd carry Alcina into the water, restoring her to her mer form, and she disappears between the waves. I mean, it's a pretty like it's a pretty um, sentimental ending here, I guess. Like, I can envision it. I don't think it's yeah, written. I don't think enough. it's as written as powerfully as like I could imagine it. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Though. Uh, Glennis was like pretty, uh, like for eighty percent of the book, she was not very nice to Elchina. Yeah, so I don't really care if she's sad or not. Mm. I was rooting for the wave. <laughs> Typhon's pretty cool. He's this giant figure over the water, and he's throwing like you know. <laughs> she she breaks. She, she breaks the shell against the uh against the stone, and then he like sweeps up all the pieces, puts it back together. He's he's got cool moves. Has a great mustache. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy This guy is pretty cool. I mean, he goes, The powers of the storm of mine again, the cleansing of the world shall begin. Oh, yeah, this guy's cool. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> so, wait, does he, okay. Does he ever take, like, the form of anything besides the gigantic wave? Or am I being totally influenced by the cover of the book? <laughs> uh, the, at one point it's described it. that he's like a giant shapeless figure beyond the beyond the waves like throwing them at him yeah but when they say he becomes Todd thing he becomes Todd yeah isn't yeah. he Todd Todd's or, possessed yeah, or he's yeah. a wave that looks like Todd oh well, he's Todd <laughs> I, I pictured Todd's body but like with water yeah. like circling around him personally okay. yeah well I pictured Todd himself like being yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like Todd, Todd's, Todd's there. Form. Yeah. Well, when the kids get back to their rental house, they find a note from Alcino willing her house to their family. She oh leaves my. her book. <laughs> this is too much. This is too much. She. <laughs> well, what's she gonna do with it? <laughs> when did she? When did she do this? Earlier. She's she knew magic. Was She's a mer person. Earlier. <laughs> uh, I I'll stand by earlier myself because this is a note in the book that she gave to Todd. Okay. 
Todd discovers it at the end here. But the the way the necklace gets on her pillow that that's 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 below. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. You may have you may have to beat me on this one. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she shoots lasers. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All um, right, you guys have convinced me. I, I hope I hope Glynis can shoot lasers now. I hope <laughs> yeah. that comes with a necklace. She she just kills her stepmom immediately when she gets back home. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, she, yeah, she has a change of heart after seeing what's like you know Typhon like hooked onto her these negative feelings and she is more encouraged by her family yeah i think way too quickly starts calling them mom and brother yeah i did (laughs) i did like that they explained at least a little bit as to why she was being such a negative nelly which was that typhoon 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 he was really he was really playing on it like he was evoking that from her which was which made it a little more uh like i was able to um, forgive it a bit more because of that. Yeah, I, uh, I'll be honest. That's the part that I actually didn't like because it kind of <laughs> it kind of absolves Glennis uh, of all her like you know guilt in the situation. Mm. Like Alcinas actually says that to her. He's like, "It's not your fault. Like you know, <laughs> he brought this out of you. You're you're a perfect angel normally." <laughs> she was being a snot long before yeah. she found the shell. Exactly, she was yeah. rotten yeah. to the core before they went to this island. <laughs> I kind of think that it'd be a better story if she came to that she became a better person on her own, not. <laughs> yeah, but you know that that's picking at you know the p- small pieces here. Though that is a classic. Are you afraid of the dark thing? Most of these kids don't generally like, like a uh, crimson clown. That kid is such a snot face, oh. and um, he he. It, a lot of them don't really like learn anything except for that, like whatever situation they're in it's better now and they're thankful that it's better um yeah yep well we gotta just Um, see what michael barons thinks (laughs) (laughs) michael well the uh final the epilogue the, the the midnight society well we could probably wish that the story would end with glennis and todd being best buddies and never fighting again but we all know how likely that wish is to come true and what about Alcina's wish to find her people. If you wish for it, I might be able to tell you a story about that. Another time, of course. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed, because it's getting late, you see, and much as we'd wish that our time could last together, it's time to go home. Alone. In the dark. Wish you luck. (laughs) <laughs> Again, just the wishes were not a part of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now remember, this is from Samantha, who, as we know, broke up the Midnight Society. You two, Gary, <laughs> takes two to tango. Yeah, she. Uh, there's gods. There's sorceresses. There's no wishes. Yeah, just ridiculous. Just to like really nail home the mistake of the prologue and epilogue here. Um, Wolf. I, <laughs> I mean, this this story absolutely fits in the Sam canon, though. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. She's sort of does. Watchers Woods, Dr- Dream Girl, Long Ago Locket, yeah. Room, Room for Rent, C Seven. I mean, a lot of. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Well, I did. I did. Before we get to some of our our feelings, our reviews, our ratings. Um, I did look up um, kind of what out there on the internet people were saying about the tale of the shimmering shell. So on on Goodreads, uh, this book has a 3.41 out of 5. Um, there's two written reviews. One is a four-star uh, review from two years ago by Lacey. Um, and she, she liked it a lot. Um, she says, you know what happens. These books are always predictable. Uh, Typhoon is uh, defeated. Alchina transforms to a mermaid when put back into the sea, and she bestows gifts to the kids. I understood the embracing of Glynis with Todd, but I felt her usage of calling Jay mom was a little too quick, a little too soon. Uh, that one would have taken time for me. I really liked it. I think Sam told this one, and I would have to agree. This one is definitely fitting for the kind of stories she tells. Um... And then Addison left a two-star review, uh, which says, not, not to hobby shame, but I still don't know how to comprehend pride in weaving table mats as a character trait. <laughs> <laughs> so Addison going like full throttle. Um, you go, Addison, you go. <laughs> Uh, the book has a, believe it or not, on Amazon, it has a perfect five-star rating. Oh, I'm leaving a rating. That's no, uh, no five. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, there's five, three, three ratings, all five out of five, although nobody wow. wrote a review. Um, but we all, everybody sitting on this podcast is, uh, I'm assuming, eligible now to write one. Um, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's just go around here and uh, give our ratings and our thoughts. Um, Andrew, do you want to lead us? Sure. Um, I ended up giving this one, I couldn't remember what I gave the other ones, but I gave this one a three and a half out of five. Um, I gave it credit for the writing, especially like, I think this was a big step up from the last couple we read. Um, I especially noticed, uh, and maybe it's just because I'm thinking about this type of thing a lot or something, but um, the, dialogue tags i thought were really good like they did a great job of like uh weaving the dialogue into the rest of the story um like i never never there was like no point where it was just like he said she said he said she said you know um so i think i think that was good like and the writing in general again very good um or pretty good you know but uh but the story itself like i didn't love it uh it did take a long time to get going and um i don't know i just didn't fully connect with any of the characters i guess um i yeah i don't know i I, it just felt like clunky i guess all these pieces the way they fit together or were trying to fit together um but you know i blew through it so uh yeah three and a half Cool. Um, okay. Uh, Vince, what did you, uh, what did you think of it? What did you, what did you give uh, Shimmering Shell? So compared to the prior two books, I will agree that it's definitely more well-written 
lot of descriptions, and this it's definitely easier to follow than the prior two books, but I thought it was going to be something completely different, and towards the end, it, I lost interest in it. Uh, this I did give Restless House a 2, Statues was a 2.5, and I'm giving this 1.5. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, I didn't read the other two. There were parts of this. Well, first of all, I think it was very well written. I think the writers um, were really good. Besides the fact, and I'm trying to mitigate this a little bit, besides the fact, like I, I think I kind of made this clear, but there were parts where I don't even remember some of these things mm. happening. But I did read this a long time ago. Um, so, so some of it is a little forgettable. Um, but I did like it again, as everyone else has pointed out, it was kind of like where, you know, where the hell is this going? Where's the, where's the thing that's going to be happening? Like it took forever to, you know, to like manifest itself. Um, so I, I danced around this. It was like the most harrowing thing about preparing for this episode is giving it a rating. Um, so I'm going to give it a 3.25. Hmm. Yeah, nice. Respectable. Kind of middle, like middle average is two and a half, right? Out of five. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. right. So it's a little bit better than that. Yeah, nice. Great. Well, uh, will this be a good time to mention that I, I reached out to the author of the book? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, the uh, so uh, weisswriters.com uh, is where the this pair, uh, this these partners, uh, like have have their whole bibliography listed, and they have a contact button. So I'm like, oh hey, I'm doing a book club, might as well reach out to them. And they they gave me a couple of fu- like fun facts about about the story and when they were writing Ooh. it. Uh, just that uh, David was the one that wrote it, uh, wrote the draft. Bobby did like the the polish work on it. Uh, that Adam? hint is. Do you think they're going to listen to this? Nah. What? Okay, good. Oh, oh. The <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Take out what the anecdote about the uh, about me author thing. I loved it. I want a sequel. ASAP. <laughs> I mean, this was over 20 years ago. I feel like they've, you know, they can probably handle it by now. Uh, yeah, but the uh, the main thing that David said uh, was that the, the image that started the whole story was the one that shows up on the cover. Gigantic wave looming over the beach, passing judgment and choosing a particular victim. Once he saw that climax, uh, the rest was just craft, you know, it was about crafting Blizz's relationship with her kid brother into making an arc out of it. So I, I thought that was a very nice thing I, that for him to, you know, contribute. Yeah. Re- yeah. Uh, totally. that's, awesome. that's awesome that they, yeah, that they wrote you. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was very, uh, it was, I was very surprised. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, personally, I thought the, you know, maybe I was in the mood sitting on the beach, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. like, like like reading some of it. Uh, and I read it at a slow pace too. That might might have it too. Uh-huh. Like I, you know, read it a couple chapters, put it down for like a month, picked it up again, read a couple chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, halfway through it, when I, it wasn't, and when it wasn't a. Um, it's a wonderful life parody. I said, "Oh, is this going in a different direction?" And the direction it went is like the way I like all my fiction, fiction fantasy, magic battles, and gods and water spirits. So I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> this is my jam. This is probably the most my jam any Ari Freda book can get." So I'm going to give it a, a four out of five. Oh, 
Nice. Yeah, really nice. Um, well, I went back. I gave, I gave um, Restless House a, or no, I gave Sinister Statues a one point five. I'm gonna give this a one. Um, wow. I didn't like it. <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> I, you know, there. I love the first two chapters. I was like, this is, this is it. Like an on an Island, very contained. The writing is really smooth. I'm not like, Mm -hmm. I'm not struggling, but it really was like chapter six, seven, eight before things started to happen. And that felt like unforgivable. And, uh, I did, I did not like the ending. I didn't like, like uh, for me, like as an, are you afraid of the dark book? And all these books have been victim of this. They're all just way more fantasy than they are horror novels. Yeah. And I think like for everyone I read, I'm getting a bit more frustrated with it. Like, I mean, okay. Like statues coming to life, a living wave, uh, like a house where the rooms are like jungles. Like this is interesting fantasy stuff, but not at all. Why I'm reading. Are you afraid of the dark? And, um, Mm -hmm. Again, I, I think actually the writing was pretty good here is why my initial review to Andrew was like, hey, I think this one's going to be like a good read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like where the ideas went and I was oh, never okay. scared. And, um, you know, there's definitely some logical stuff here that I have a problem with. But, uh, yeah, so I, I'm giving it a one. I just I didn't I didn't enjoy the read. Wow. Uh, no no shame on that. It's not, yeah. <laughs> I've got very particular interests. That point about it not really being scary, being more fantasy, that is very accurate and so accurate that I am I am changing my rating <laughs> to a three from a 3.25. I did it. <laughs> you, you sapped the energy from him like a like Typhon. I am Typhon. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much energy right now. I mean, Vince is pretty much just giving me a pulse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. All right. Well, uh, we also, as we like to do, uh, we renamed the uh, book. Do you guys want to give this a new name? Sure. I called this one the Tale of the Sand Witch. Ooh. Ah, very good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I named this the Tale of Alcina's Secret. But Mm. secret as an S-E-A hyphen. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Like it, like it. It's fun time. Um, I have a bunch. Can I... Oh. Read you a bunch and then just tell you which one that I'm going with. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> the other ones aren't good. Um, <laughs> this was this I came up with mid mid pod based on something Joey said. It's called the tale of what is she even defending? Now, <laughs> <laughs> I like um, I like a sarcastic "Are You for the Dark" uh, title. <laughs> oh, then you're gonna love this next one. <laughs> It's uh, <clears throat> or the tale of I should have gone to Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> and now these two, these two are the real ones um, that I was really going back and forth between. Um, the tale of the sea scourge. 
Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. And I like that. This is the one I think I'm going to go with. Um, the Tale of the Cruel Carapace. Is that what that's called? Like a shell? Mm, yeah. yeah. Carapace. It's a cruel, cruel summer. <laughs> yeah, it has its own song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. I like it. Yeah. Cruel Carapace. It's good. Cool. My title is the uh, the Tale of the Calling Conch. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, very yeah. appropriate. Like, like it. it. Think, like it. Yeah, yeah that I one think sounds... people. I think kids see Shell and think or get scared. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, good point. Um, and I'm calling this one the tale of Shell Shocked. Mm. I like yeah. it. Yeah, jeez. Unless it's used that way, that's very good. <laughs> I almost can't believe it wasn't called that. Um, yeah. All right, so go back around one more time, and what do people got? Uh, the tale of the Sand Witch. The Tale of Alcina's Secret. Uh, the Tale of the Cruel Carapace. The Tale of the Calling Conch. And The Tale of Shellshocked. Uh, we'll post that. People can vote. We got a couple more uh, results in Andrew. Uh, the Tale of the Dark Music was determined, and our friend Brett Wilson won that one with The Tale of Doom Tunes. Mm. Yeah, very good. Um, and it's still in progress, but the results seem uh, pretty clear. Uh, for the day the world got really screwed up, uh, my title of Invasion of the Beaver Snatchers, um, mm. I think, is going to take that one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so we will post those. Uh, and Andrew. Oh, by the way, uh, shout out to our friend Candace for recording uh, the intro. Yeah. And uh, the cool. outro of the story. I mean, those, despite the writing being very good, that I feel like that was like also a <laughs> slipping point of, and yes. and to be fair, nobody has nailed in the written versions yeah. the Midnight Society. Nope, yeah, for sure. Time will tell. Yes, I, yes. You know, there's, of course, much more to read. <laughs> so um, you guys are I, investing uh, twenty years in this, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Three. So like it makes you wonder: Are they writing these books and then just? Nickelodeon or the publisher just picks them up and markets it as an Are You Afraid? Like, did they write this with thinking it's going to be an installment in the Are You Afraid of the Dark series? I, I think they knew it was going to be an Are You Afraid of the Dark, but it didn't take long. Uh, mm. They have a comment in one of their Sabrina books that they like their turnaround time on it was like a week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe it's my own bias, but if this was Goosebumps, I'd probably be more receptive to it. Yeah, that's definitely sure. bias. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the definition of bias. That's bias. I just want to mention one more thing that I noticed about this book that was just to me maybe an indication that um, of the coming wane of the Nickelodeon era. Uh, the back cover has like a picture of the Midnight Society, but it's just the worst, like scrunched <laughs> together, stupid-looking thing. Like it's even cropped wrong so on the one side you can like see where it doesn't fill in the whole pic- area of the picture that's supposed to be oh, yes, like, you're right God. <laughs> that's horrible what a, what a poor decision <laughs> they could just zoom in on that picture and it'd be better yeah i don't i don't know what they were thinking but um anyway just wanted to mention that um well andrew uh podtober continues on um yeah our third book club is over and that was fun but what, what are we doing next uh next time we'll talk be talking about one i think everybody's probably been waiting for alex mack the secret 
Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So, Secret of the Conch. There's another one for you. <laughs> Is that the first one? Uh, no, shockingly. Yeah, no, it's just called The Secret. It's season two. Um, it is a, it is an app. It's absolutely a Halloween special. And I'm so glad we stumbled upon it, uh, with the help of our friend Cassandra. Um, so she's going to be joining us. Cassandra will join us, uh, for that episode. If you've not watched the secret, uh, from the secret world of Alex Mack, it is, you know, I'm not saying I love it or anything, but it felt, I don't know about you, Andrew. It felt cool to like discover another Halloween special. Yeah. Very fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, some some fun things going on, some also like purely idiotic things going on. My my type of <laughs> sure. episode. Um, so uh, the secret will be next. If you want to get a hold of us in the meantime, uh, we are on Twitter at BOC Podcast, Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail dot com. You can leave us or hear us or leave us a review. Um, we are on Spotify, Podbean. Um, shout out to our newest five star reviewer. We appreciate it. Uh, shout out to Dell R99. Uh, it says, um, well, the title of it is Keenan and Kel Two Heads Are Better Than One. Because <laughs> uh, that's a request he wants us to talk about that. But um, I also want you to talk about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we probably should talk about that. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a real classic. Um, but we also appreciate the very positive vibes, Dell. So thank you so much. Um, yeah. speaking of which, uh, Adam, um, what, what are you up to? I host the podcast that reviews every episode of Keenan and Kel called Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We've just entered the se- season four. It's a, it's winding down. Yeah. I, yeah, I just checked out not too long ago uh, the episode you did with also our mutual buddy Quincy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Quincy was awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, so highly recommend check out that podcast if you're you know if you're Jones and for some Keenan and Kel, that's the place to go. Um, Bob or Vince, do you guys have anything to plug? Mm, I like to plug the big orange couch. <laughs> go on. <laughs> best podcast it's actually the only podcast i actually listen to is really you guys so that's a thanks great for doing this I, I don't listen to keenan and kel but you know <laughs> the only podcast you need big orange couch but i was still giving keenan and kel a world too <laughs> <laughs> <What's Yeah. all? laughs> come on vince adam just plugged his podcast <laughs> i'm really not a big podcast believe it or not i'm not a big podcast person okay okay wow. yeah. but uh, you guys keep me coming back every week so here i am Nice. I love it. Yeah, I don't have anything to plug other than this and Adam's as well. Um, but this, like I've said, every single time I've talked to you, this is the best podcast. I love it. I can't wait for it every week. Um, yeah, I can give one recommendation, though. I think it's um, since it's Halloween, I, yeah. I tell everybody I talk to about this. Um, if you want a good book that will actually like, like mm. genuinely scare you, um, the original, like the exorcist book is one of the scariest books I've ever read in my life. I think the last time I saw that movie was, I think about 20 has to be 26 years ago. Now when I was like nine, I won't watch it. I'm too afraid to watch it, but I read the book and it is maybe in my top five favorite books of all time. So go out and read it. Cause it's fantastic. Wow. wow. Nice. Nice wreck. 
it's spooky season. Yeah, any other spooky recommendations, people? That's a good one. Oh, let's see. I'm currently... I have uh, the audiobook for The Passage has gone through me uh, my ears recently. Wow, that's weird. Hmm. Uh, narrated by Scott Brick. Uh, it's a story about... It's a post-apocalyptic story that has... That I love listening to. Uh, it's got, you know, horror elements like vampires and, and stuff like that. And it's great for driving around and, and as the leaves change colors uh, and you're going to like a, an event late at night so cool Andrew anything since we talked about angry beavers um the only thing oh I saw the first episode of the new Chucky series I thought that was pretty good I don't have any book recommendations really revival Stephen King I've been reading that that's been also pretty good I've heard good things about that hmm. um I did check out Malignant, and that was uh, that was something. Yeah, I mean the the last twenty minutes make it kind of worth it, um, for sure. What's that called? Um, that show, Midnight Mass, on Netflix. I've been watching that. That's been pretty good. And as far as uh, new horror content, uh, yeah, pretty fun. I also, yeah, highly recommend. Um, well, uh, Vince, Adam, Bob, thanks again. Uh, let's let's uh, let's meet up next October to talk about a, talk about another masterpiece. <laughs> oh, well, also, just an absolute honor to be on, involved in Podtober. I meant to say that earlier. But I, <laughs> this was a highlight of my last year. Last year, it like it went in my Christmas card. Oh, <laughs> well, we yeah we we love talking with you guys. It's it's so yeah, fun. It's been awesome. Thank yeah, you guys so again. much. Thank you guys, and uh, we hope we'll see the rest of you merfolk next time. century America, life was different. It still is. Come back in time to colonial Williamsburg. Come taste the different foods, hear the different sounds, smell the different smells, meet the different people. For a vacation that's totally different, come to colonial Williamsburg, where 18th century America lives.